Greetings, citizens, and welcome to Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan. Thanks for hanging out with me. I know it's been a while since our last episode. Life's been busy. It tends to get that way. And I know we're almost at the end of this strange year, so I certainly wanted to get another episode out to you all before then. And we've got a fun UFO photo to talk about. So let's get to it. On December 2nd, the newly launched media outlet, The Debrief, published an article titled Fast Movers and Transmedium Vehicles, the Pentagon's Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. The article reveals that two classified intelligence reports on UFOs have reportedly been widely distributed to the U.S. intelligence community during the past couple years, and the reports reportedly contain clear photos of UFOs. A day after this article came out, the debrief published a follow-up article that included one of these UFO photos, allegedly leaked by someone who would have received the intelligence report. The article's author, Tim McMillan, describes, quote, While details are difficult to make out, the image appears to depict an inverted bell-shaped object, which is not readily identifiable given the photo's context. The object appears to possess ridges or other protrusions along its lateral edges, extending toward its base, end quote. Tim also clarifies that this photo is the one described in the December 2nd article as showing a cube-shaped object. That initial article described, quote, The debrief was told that the accompanying photo was captured from within the cockpit of an F-A-18 fighter jet with the pilot's personal cell phone. According to three U.S. officials who had seen it, the photo showed an unidentified silver cube-shaped object. The report is said to have indicated that the object was hovering, or completely motionless, when military pilots encountered it. All three officials agreed that based on the photo, the object appeared to be at an altitude of roughly 30,000 to 35,000 feet, and approximately 1,000 feet from the fighter jet." Naturally, and understandably, the emergence of this photo caused a stir in the UFO community. And, as these things do, we're seeing mainstream media outlets around the world reporting on this as well. As they should. We've got a photo, allegedly from official sources, showing an object photographed from a fighter jet that the intelligence community views as an unidentified flying object or unidentified aerial phenomena. That's always cool, and it's newsworthy. Although it's common knowledge to UFO researchers that pilots see weird things in the sky all the time, it's not necessarily something the general public is aware of. And I will add that I trust the reporting and verification of details by Tim McMillan, the author of these articles on the debrief. Yes, I do consider Tim a friend, but he is an amazing journalist and researcher. The level of digging and follow-up he's done related to this story is awesome. All right. Let's briefly talk about this photo. First of all, it is a bit confusing that the object in this photo was described by officials who had seen the photo as cube-shaped. What we see in the photo is no cube. 
It's more like an inverted pyramid, or as Macmillan describes, an inverted bell-shaped object. And as he also pointed out, details are difficult to make out. Frankly, I'm surprised by the amount of detail that does exist in this photo. I mean, it was taken with a cell phone, through cockpit glass, 1,000 feet away, while the jet was tearing through the sky. Seriously, F-18s cruise at faster than 600 miles per hour, and this UFO was reportedly stationary. So, the fact that there's any detail at all to look at with this UFO in the photo is pretty amazing. This UFO photo has apparently been floating around the internet since May of this year, and it's allegedly been in the possession of other individuals since late 2019. But since the debrief published the photo, along with additional details about the incident itself, the photo is everywhere now. So what does this photo give us? Does it provide proof of extraterrestrial visitors or some unknown phenomena? Almost as soon as it was published, internet sleuths confidently proclaimed they had solved the puzzle. The answer? A Mylar balloon. Possibly a Batman balloon. The apparent shape of the object in the photo is seemingly a perfect match to the shape of a Batman balloon after all. But is that a realistic possible explanation? Can a balloon really get up that high? I spoke with Dr. Chris Cogswell at the Mad Scientist podcast about that. This sort of plays into an overall view I've, ha- I've held basically since the beginning uh, of getting involved in this, which is that the military, for the most part, and the government for the most part, not just the military, but sort of the overall, I guess, military industrial complex, including, including companies, um, but also the government itself kind of as a whole and the world governments as a whole, I don't really think have much knowledge, much more knowledge about this phenomena than, than we do. And if they do have more info, I think it's probably mostly of the sort that the debrief put out there, which are these weird cases of pilots or service members or government people uh, having weird encounters, not knowing what's going on, and then, you know, getting getting video or getting images or whatever. But I doubt very much, first off, that, you know, in this world or in the day that we live today, um, where, you know, you can Photoshop a person's head onto anything, it doesn't appear to me that a photo is ever going to be, like, the conclusive proof. And even video is becoming less and less um, less and less sort of singular in its ability to kind of cut through the noise and be the truth and everything else. So when I saw the photo, I mean, the first thing I thought, frankly, was it looked like a lot of photos uh, anyone who's investigated things in this field uh, had seen before. You know, the only difference between this photo and a photo you might send in a MUFON was that this one appeared to be taken from the cockpit of a plane. And, you know, I think people expect, like, people have this view that, you know, fighter pilots or people in the military or whatever are going to be these, you know, super soldiers. They know everything and they never get tricked by anybody. And, they, you know, and that's just not true. You know, they're, they're just people. And so the fact that they're making potentially reports that are sort of don't hold up to scrutiny past, like, you know, an hour on Twitter, that's not that surprising to me. <laughs> you know, like, they're people. They're just people. And just because they chose to be really, uh, really, really good at one specific thing 
doesn't mean they're experts in everything. You know, people like you know, I have a I have a doctorate in chemical engineering, and yet people still will ask me to come on shows and talk about all kinds of crazy science stuff that I just have no background on. You know, um, I know less about bioengineering than you know a high school student probably today does because they're taught more than I was taught when I was in high school and I haven't taken a biology course since then so I think it's the same thing here people assume that you know everything every case that gets reported to the military every case that gets reported to the government every sighting is going to be you know x-files level like this is amazing that's just never that was never going to be the case so it's actually really interesting so when when I first saw the picture, legitimately the first thing I did was Google um, was Google Batman balloon because I be- I actually there was a case in there was a case for Mufon that was very similar to this um, or I believe it was from Mufon but um, these sorts of mylar balloons are actually mistaken for UFOs all the time. Um, I actually myself one time when we were scouring through the databanks. And looking at cases, I brought to my team and said, hey, I think this is really interesting. This is like a great photo. What the heck is this? This looks like something I would expect to be uh, like this looks better than any photo I've ever seen. And I'm not even kidding. Within 30 minutes, someone else on my team was like, dude, that is a Mylar balloon in the shape of an A. You know, and I was like, no, it's a triangular craft. And they were like, no, no, it's, it's not. It's the letter A. You know, like you need to watch Sesame Street more, Chris. Um, clearly I do. So, okay. So first off, the reason I even posit that is to say this, this sort of event, like the fact again, that someone would be, think about this, right? They are flying faster than any of us listening have ever traveled. Probably they are not only are they traveling that speed, they're piloting the vehicle. And they suddenly see something they have never seen before in the sky. Because even if this was a balloon, it would be extremely rare for a balloon to have gotten to the heights that we think this plane was flying at. Most Mylar balloons, or most balloons generally, will pop before they reach kind of any higher than, say, like... I think I was looking this up, actually. The record for, like, a helium, plastic helium balloon, or not a plastic, but a rubber helium balloon, is something like 1.6 kilometers, so about one mile. Um, And that one was, like, surrounded by other balloons, so they they kind of all rose together. Mylar balloons, on the other hand, uh, can can raise higher than that. The thing that really causes a balloon to stop rising is, first off, the pressure... Um, the pressure causes it to become non-buoyant so it just starts to fall or it can't get any higher and usually the balloons are destroyed right they either pop because the mylar is is weak in some point and um, as the pressure changes it changes the deformation of the plastic and it or the material and it causes it to to burst or pop Um, but you know there but really there is no limit to kind of how high a balloon theoretically could go besides like you know, there is no more gas for it to float. <laughs> there is no more gas for it to be buoyant with. So uh, it's not impossible that it would be a balloon. I, I do think it would be, um, again, if it if it is a balloon, it would be a rare event. But so would it being a UAP. <laughs> so would it being a UFO. 
And so you got to ask yourself, which one is more, which one is more rare, it being a balloon or it being a UAP that just happens to really look like a balloon? And, you know, I think most people are going to come down on the side of saying, um, this is, this is more, it's more likely that this is a balloon or this more likely that this is something known that was misidentified. Now, that being said, these are trained uh, pilots. I mean, we don't know much more about the event either. You know, in the article itself, um, the debrief mentions that it wasn't just the picture that was interesting. It was the uh, data coming in from, you know, the kind of the contextual data from the event as well. So, and supposedly the the, uh, the people analyzing this photo thought enough of it to conclude it probably wasn't a balloon. Now, we don't have all of that info, and we don't know, frankly, who the people are that are analyzing this. We don't know anything about that. Um but I do think that kind of the lesson to take from this or one lesson to take from this is, again, just because you think something is really great, you know, there's a quote or there's kind of an idea in the scientific world uh, called publish or perish. And another way of kind of saying that is if you do an experiment and you solve some huge problem, right, you find the cure for cancer, if you can't manage to then get that cure published or purchased by a company or or get it out there, out the door, uh, you didn't really do it, right? Who cares then? Because you never exposed it to the world, so it can never do any good for anybody. I think there's a, a bit of a lesson here in that this photo looks, you know, to one set of people, maybe really extraordinary and really interesting, but to the public, it may go over like, um, like a lead balloon. You know, it may, it may not go over that well. And so it's, again, I think part of the problem of trying to think and trying to mold the message, too, to say to the public, this is something really interesting. This is why. And then this is how we need to kind of put it out there. Like, I think the lesson here isn't that the quality of the data is necessarily bad, although I am not really blown away by the, the picture at all. Um, you look at it and you think that's it's something uh, misidentified. It's not really something interesting necessarily. Um, but if it had that contextual data around it, maybe we'd be having a different conversation. Even the claim of it being potentially say like a Batman balloon, right? The, the reason um, people are saying that it might be a Batman balloon is because it looks like it has the general shape of that, right? I've seen another one, actually, it's funny, that says it looks a little bit more like Majora's Mask, which actually I agree with. Um, and I hope that this is Nintendo telling us that we're getting a Majora's Mask uh, remake for the Switch, <laughs> or maybe a sequel, the best Zelda game, fight me. Um, no, I mean, you know, anyone, at, the, the beauty about this is that anyone at home can try to do this same um, test themselves, right? Obviously not while you're driving, but while someone else is driving you, try to take a photo of a faraway object um, that is, uh, that you know, try to get a clear photo of an object far away as you're moving. It is exceptionally difficult. It is not easy. Um, and you're only moving maybe, say, at, you know, 30 miles per hour to 50 miles per hour. Um, it is the idea that this photo... I'm actually sort of... I have no information on this. I have no insight, in, insight on this at all. But I would actually be very surprised if what we're seeing is the only photo, first off. that That's the first thing I'd say. I would imagine that if... If you, if you saw something crazy in the sky and you thought enough to take a photo of it, you probably took more than one photo. 
So this is probably so in context of the other photos, we might see something more interesting. It may not it may not actually be just this kind of spiky object that's uh, you know out there in the in the sight line. It might be um, those might be distortions of the pixels themselves of the image. Those might be um, those might be artifacts from the upscaling of the of the object that we did to try to get a clear image of it. Those might just be, uh, it might just be the light hitting off of the object in a weird way, right? We are not used to seeing things in like above cloud lighting. <laughs> so the chances of us being able to say that is what X looks like, you know, none of us really know because we're not up there all that often. Um, so I guess all in all, I mean, you know, it's a, potentially a photo of a photo or even if we had the original photo it's still going to be something we're looking at which is very far away is um, hard to kind of parse through all of the noise and error that could have been introduced by the way we took the photo and then on top of that um, you have these other expectations on it I would actually be surprised if if you showed that to a group of a hundred people and they had no prior knowledge to what it could be. I actually doubt very much that that any of that group would come out and say that's probably like a kid's balloon. I think that that came out only because the UFO community is so used to getting reports of UFOs that turn out to be kids' balloons. Frankly, um, it's not something I don't think the, the the public might think like, well, maybe this is a balloon or something. But I'm not sure that they would be as quick to determine um, what it was. On top of that, too, we do have to take into context the fact that these are this is a report coming from um, this. This is a report coming from an internal uh, working group, supposedly that is analyzing these sorts of pieces of data. So they might know more than we know, and it, it might actually be interesting. Um, but I will say again that, like, think about the Vietnam War, right? This is kind of like we're going on a long walk here, but during the Vietnam War kind of atrocities and sort of the the horror of the war itself, both for our people serving overseas and also the people of Vietnam, um, the horror of that war kind of was there from the very beginning. But the public didn't ask for change, really, until clear photos of kind of atrocities and gruesome uh, horrors being inflicted on uh, the Vietnamese people and also wounded soldiers and dead soldiers started to make its way to the United States uh, airwaves. The re- you know the difference between something like an image being impactful and it actually causing social change in a way that is interesting and it just being another piece of news that goes out there to the internet, I think it's a very it's a very fine line. it's a very um, it's like trying to capture lightning in a bottle. So this idea that, you know, if something is enormous and important as and horrible as like war um, or even say like like COVID, like the thing we're living through now, if images and statistics and data around those events aren't enough to skew the public towards action, um, what hope is there for a for a photo of a blurry object? You know, I think I think that it's sort of we are we are barking up the wrong tree 
if we think that there will ever be a photo that makes disclosure happen. <laughs> you know, it's it, it and even if even if um even the idea that it would be something like the government coming out and saying like yeah there's you know yep we've been talking to the UFOs <laughs> you know what I mean I don't know I don't know if that is even going to necessarily be effective that being said though I do think that the fact that a report like this exists the fact that it came out of the government is in itself interesting and I you know although I think for most people the quality of the data that appears to be coming out of that group at least the one that was leaked appears to be kind of lackluster and I think a lot of people are disappointed um, at the same time you have to also realize that this is a this is why it's important to study what is actually in the skies it's why it's important to know um, what things like this you know known objects would be would, would look like you know if 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 there was a um, you can you know you can imagine it would take it would take maybe an afternoon to set up an experiment if the if the you know air force or whoever was really taking this stuff seriously for them to be able to say was this actually a mylar balloon i'm going to go buy a mylar balloon you know i'll buy a dozen mylar balloons let's fly them up there and let's see what you guys see does it look anything like what we're seeing it's not a hard experiment and it's not really even an experiment it's just like a, you know it's just like a test um so i do think yeah i don't know i understand people being kind of disappointed or like what is going on like what is this but i don't know what people expected i guess and because we're talking about a photo here i reached out to my buddy mark d'antonio the chief photo and video analyst for the mutual ufo network well, when I first saw it, um, my first thought was, I bought a Mylar balloon from one of my kids that looked like that. So could this be one of those? And I started looking online and I found many different you know, superhero shapes and stuff like that that were this exact shape, right down to the wrinkles and puckers that you see on this object. So um, there's an old phrase that says, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, right? Well, in this particular case, uh, I do want to caution that while I don't know everything, I do think that in this particular case, we can pretty safely assume that this object was likely one of these balloons. And these balloons can actually travel uh, quite fast. They can travel up to 100 miles an hour if they get into the jet stream, and they could potentially get up there, you know. As they rise, they'll expand and really become tight like a drum. Uh, this guy that I saw, it didn't look like it had done that. It looked like it had. It was still at somewhat low altitude. My impression in looking at it was that, uh, as I said earlier a moment ago, my impression looking at it was that it appeared to be a Mylar balloon. Uh, in fact, one of these specialty balloons, like a, a superhero type balloon or some other type of uh, balloon that has that particular shape. Um, and, uh, you know, Batman is popular for that particular shape, in fact. So, uh, but, you know, being the MUFON chief photo and video analyst, it's important to keep an open mind. So I started searching around to see if I could find a close uh, representative of this balloon. And sure enough, they were all over. Uh, so it wasn't too hard to find. And 
because it was only a photo and not a video, there was nothing else that I could examine. I couldn't see movement paths or anything like that. I couldn't see any kind of um, changes to its shape if it morphed, as, as some things have been stated to do. So I just basically thought this, uh, you know, looks very much like a, a mylar balloon. And I recognized it. I could see the three-dimensional shape to it. And from the many years of studying these kinds of things, there are certain times when you look at something and say, oh, well, that's just a balloon. And you sound flippant. You know, you sound arrogant. And so you have to excuse when someone does that who's been doing this for a long, long time. So uh, although these things can surprise us, this particular one, unfortunately, did not surprise me. I felt from the very moment I looked at it that it might have been a mylar blue and I found plenty of examples online that indicate that's very likely just what it was and I say very likely because as a science guy we can't always say it is we have to recognize that we are not infallible and it's that arrogance which I've always fought against in science which is why I have an open mind about the UFO uh, arena at all a mylar balloon could probably go that height, whereas a latex balloon might not, uh, because the latex balloons will leak the helium very much quicker than a mylar balloon. And in the intervening hours that it might take a latex balloon to climb to such an altitude, as it expands, that helium is getting out through those pores in the latex, because that's how it works. You know, you know how it is. You have a helium balloon, next day it's on the ground. Hey, what happened to my balloon? Okay, it's because it's leaking through that that barrier the plastic barrier in the balloon because helium is a very very tiny atom so um when you have a mylar balloon on the other hand that's more impervious to helium leakage it still happens but much slower so that would actually bolster the possibility that this is something at that altitude and and standing still um i don't doubt it um compared to the f-18 if this thing was just going up in an air column it wasn't you know in a jet stream or something then sure enough, it would it would relative to the F-18, it would look like it's standing still. It might have been rising at maybe uh, a meter per second, but the F-18 wouldn't wouldn't be able to determine that. If the photo was taken with a cell phone, one of the things you got to consider is that the pilot had time to take out his camera, take out his iPhone or his Android, whatever he had, one of the two, iPhone. most likely iPhone, okay, and point it at the thing and snap a picture. Now. The fact that he could do that meant that he was traveling in very still, non-turbulent air. Kind of a clue that maybe that air mass the balloon was also traveling through was also still. It was only if it's only a thousand feet away. At a thousand feet, you're going to see this type size mylar balloon, which is about two feet across by about two and a half feet tall. Um, okay, and they come in variety of shapes and sizes that that way too. Um, but this shape comes in about that size, and you can get them in various iterations of that. But at a thousand feet, it would be a speck. So he's reporting stuff that it actually fits with it being a mylar balloon. So, you know, as far as the sunlight, um, you know, at 30,000 feet, you can still have cirrus clouds up above you, which will dull the light on it. Um, and the cell phone may. Uh, if it didn't catch a direct sun glint, it might put it in shadow. It depends on the time of the day. What time of the day was it? Do you even know? I mean, was it noon? Or was it like 2, 3? Okay, yeah. So the sun could have been behind it, making it appear darker. And if it was in front of it, it would have been very bright. 
So clearly the light is coming from an angle that wasn't sympathetic to the photographer. Okay, trying to actually get a nice bright shot of it because the, the light was behind it or on top of it or whatever. So um, not knowing those that data means we don't have enough information to judge that part of it. But the question really is, could one of these Mylar balloons get up that high? And the answer in my estimate is, yeah, I don't see why not. Because the Mylar is going to be much more, like I told you, less susceptible to letting helium escape than latex balloons. Of course, balloons can and do go extremely high in the sky. Weather balloons, research balloons, solar balloons, all sorts of balloons. Do we know for sure the object in this photo is a balloon? No, of course not. But it's a strong possibility. And it's the logical conclusion. And yes, without a positive identification, we can certainly entertain the possibility of more exotic explanations. But as with all UFO sightings, when you have a strong, likely explanation, it's pretty silly and pointless to try to force the extraterrestrial explanation in there. So, in the end, this new photo is just another to add to the decades worth of filing cabinets filled with UFO photos. It's great that the officials who were shown this photo found it compelling and or concerning. And maybe it'll be a catalyst to improve the government's current UFO efforts. But who knows? It could conceivably have the opposite effect. The fact that information is already leaking to the public from the Pentagon's recently formed UAP task force and or others in the intelligence community could be detrimental to the longevity of the project. Time will tell. It's almost guaranteed that we'll get more information and details in the near future about this photo and the second photo mentioned by the debrief that reportedly shows a new and extremely clear photograph of an unidentifiable triangular aircraft. So watch for that. And if you haven't done so already, I do encourage you to read the two articles about these photos at thedebrief.org. Well, citizens, that's going to do it for this episode. We've got some changes coming to this show in the new year. I'll tell you about those soon, I promise. You can find more episodes of Unknown on all the major podcast platforms. And you can always find this show and our other shows at RoguePlanet.tv, because Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. RoguePlanet.tv is your home for all the strange. This show is at UnknownUFOPod on Twitter. I'm at Acecentric on Twitter and Instagram. And you can always email me at Jason at RoguePlanet.tv. Thanks again for hanging out today. I'm Jason McClellan. Do us a favor, friends. Always treat the UFO subject with the cautious and responsible skepticism it deserves. Question everything. Have the courage to form your own opinions. Keep truth as the focus of your quest, even if the truth conflicts with your opinions. And, of course, stay strange. Stay strange.